Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, the Wednesday edition, your conference every day. I'm Dave Schultz, your host. I host afternoons on 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, covering the South Alabama Jaguars. And prior to that, morning show host, 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana, covering the UL Raging Cajuns. We'll have Danny Reed on, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. Uh, the Eagles taking on Coastal Carolina, big matchup in the Sunbelt Eastern Division. Coastal 4-0, and Georgia Southern Three and one. The big question is, will Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, who got banged up at the end of the victory over Georgia State, will he play against the Eagles? Meanwhile, in the West, South Alabama, heading westbound to take on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in Lafayette. And that's what I want to discuss about is the Cajuns quarterback situation because they haven't figured it out yet. And the old cliche is, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. The thing is, for the Cajuns, they've had one quarterback for the last three years. Very strange to see one quarterback play for three years in college football these days. You do have Bo Nix. He's playing his fourth season and actually could come back uh, if he so chooses. He's got the COVID year uh, to come back to if he wants to play a second year at Oregon. So they are few and far between. Levi Lewis, by the way, played parts of five years for the Cajuns. Uh, He burned his uh, redshirt year before that rule was instituted about playing in games. And then was with Andre Nunez, Levi would come in every fourth possession for Billy Napier's Raging Cajuns. It didn't matter what Nunez did. It didn't matter what Levi did. Nunez played three possessions, and then Levi came in in the fourth. Then Nunez went back in, and Levi came in four possessions later. So it didn't matter. So by the time Levi was his turn, he was ready to go. Led them to a victory in uh, the Mobile Bowl, as it turns out, the Lending Tree Bowl here in Mobile. Uh, and then last year, finally a Sun Belt Championship and a bowl win in the New Orleans Bowl. That was Mike Desimo, the new head coach's first ball game, as Billy Napier left after the Sun Belt Championship. Still, some of these numbers are not the most impressive, right? When we're talking about college football quarterbacks, a lot of them are 65, 70%, something along those lines. Levi Lewis last year was 60%. Threw for almost 3,000 yards, did throw 20 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. He also rushed for 100 times. He also rushed 100 times for 343 yards. He was not really a running quarterback. Very rarely did they call RPOs and he would run it. A lot of times, it would appear that if he did hang on to the football, he would have gone for a big yardage watching the games last year, but he never did. And so you're trying to replace a guy who just won football games last year. They won 13 games last year, seven of them. So more than half of their wins were one-score games, even over Nichols, right? They come off off a loss against Texas. They had to hang on to beat Nichols 27-24. Georgia Southern, 28-20. They got away with one against South Alabama last year in Mobile, 20-18. They had a huge, like an 11-minute drive at the end of the ball game against Arkansas State, where they didn't have to give the ball back to the Red Wolves. And Billy Napier went for it on fourth down or kick a field goal. Scared money don't make money. They converted it 28-27. Georgia State was a four-point ball game, 21-17. And they had to hang on against ULM, 21-16. And App State, they beat for a second time in the year. That was the Sunbelt Championship, 24-16. And eventually they routed Marshall uh, 36-21 at the end of the season. Uh, Levi never took that next step to where I thought, you know, he'd be 65, 70 percent 
run a little bit more where he would be consistently good. But last year, two things happened. He was outstanding with the deep ball. He had numerous deep throws that were in the breadbasket. Just ask, just ask the Marshall Thunding Herd from last year's uh, New Orleans Bowl. And he was clutch. He was just clutch. The way we see Bryce Young here in Alabama, you can't tell if Bryce Young is four touchdowns ahead of Vanderbilt or needs to drive the field to kick a go-ahead field goal against Texas. You just can't tell. Bryce Young is the same thing as he is in the first five minutes of the game as he is in the last five minutes of the game. Same for Levi Lewis. If he makes a mistake, which is very rare, uh, he never made it uh, the same one again. And now they're having trouble figuring out what to do at quarterback. You have Chandler Fields out of Metairie. He's been recruited. He's been there for a few years. And he's having an up-and-down season, although it would appear his best game, statistic-wise, was against ULM. 20-34, 231 yards, a touchdown, did throw an interception. He even ran for 26 yards. Against Easter, again, the week before, against Rice, only 7-14 for 38 yards. That's in the air. Against Easter Michigan, they had that weather delay that you know was at the end of the first half and then didn't have a halftime. 10 of 20, 141 yards, and 13 of 20, 173 yards. He does have seven touchdowns and only two interceptions. Uh, he has a rating of 134, but only a QBR of 35.9. Then you go to Ben Woolridge, and he's playing sporadically. All right, he was five of seven for ULM. That was it against ULM. He had a big ball game against Eastern Michigan, where again, they were down 14 nothing and blew them out 49 21. Uh, whereas 12 of 13 for 169 yards, but that's his only two touchdowns. His only two touchdowns are in that game. And so he's got a ball game where he's got uh, the 92% completion rating against EM, uh, EMU. Uh, Southeastern, he was uh, 64%. Against Rice, he was less than 45%. And against ULM, 5 of 7, uh, just over 71%. So the problem has been for, for the Cajuns is that they have not committed to a quarterback and also, it's the running game. So they're trying to rely on Chris Smith. He's the only one that's left. Montreal Johnson joined Billy Napier in Gainesville. Uh, and Imani Bailey, a highly rated freshman, transferred to TCU. You go back to when Billy Napier arrived and he had two offensive linemen that are now in the NFL, Robert Hunt with the Dolphins and Kevin Dotson with the Steelers. And the running backs that they had, Elijah Mitchell, Raymond Clay Jr., and Trey Regis. And Chris Smith was the fourth guy. The thing is, between the top three, Mitchell, Regis, and Calais, they averaged about 200 yards a game combined between the three of them. The team right now is only averaging 100 yards a game. That's not going to get it done against South Alabama. They better figure out how to run the ball, and they better pick a quarterback, whoever that is. I presume it would be Chandler Fields. He seems to be a little bit more experienced. The big difference between the two quarterbacks is that Ben Woolridge is 6'3", 211 pounds, and Chandler Fields is 5'10", 201 pounds. But Levi Lewis proved you don't have to be 6'4", or in this case, 6'3", to be an effective quarterback in the Sun Belt. I think the Cajuns stay, uh, start with Chandler Fields and stick with them and, see, and stick with him and see how it goes. Until he starts to play really poorly, then maybe you, you make a change. But until that time, you stick with one guy, team rallies around him, I would stick with Chandler Fields 
And whatever that means for Ben Woldridge, it means for Ben Woldridge. But pick Chandler Fields and go with him. I don't think he's going to beat the South Alabama Jaguars. That's a different story. But I don't think the Cajuns are going to do very well trying to go back and forth and try to play a hot hand with the quarterback. As we heard earlier in the week, Cody Junot was telling you that Ben Woldridge comes in every second possession, every fourth possession, every fifth possession, every third possession. And that doesn't, doesn't help with anything. So that's what I would do. I would go with Chandler Fields, see what he can do, and you're going to have to be able to run the football against South Alabama because I'm not sure Chandler Fields is going to be able to lead you to a victory uh, over the Jaguars who will put up some points and stop you from running the football. So it will be an interesting uh, game uh, this Saturday, which I will be at to cover for, well, not only Lockdown Sunbelt, but WNSP. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we have Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. We will talk about the Eagles' 3-1 and start, the victory over Nebraska, and how Clay Helton has uh, taken a hold, or how Statesboro has taken a hold of Clay Helton as uh, they're off to a great start there in the Eastern Division. Big ball game against Coastal Carolina. We'll be right back after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline currently has the Cajuns a plus nine and a half at home, big-time underdogs against the visiting South Alabama Jaguars. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt. Let's talk a little Georgia Southern Eagles. They are 3-1. and one. They had the big win a few weeks back over Nebraska. We bring in the voice of Georgia Southern, Danny Reed. The Eagles taking on uh, a big foe in the East. Uh, they're taking on the undefeated Coastal Carolina Chanticleers this weekend. Danny, Dave Schultz, thanks for hopping on Locked On Sunbelt. Are you still uh, on cloud nine following the win over Nebraska? It's one that we'll always talk about fondly, and it was an incredible moment. So many fans were out there, and it was actually a big fundraising boost right after it happened. Even though we got back about 6 a.m., it didn't seem to matter. You're just still on the high of that. But the next week when you go to a UAB team, which was very good at home, they're moving to AAC next year. It, it was one of those – I don't know if it was a reality check, but it was one of those, okay, you had your moment, now the season really begins, and UAB just played better. They had a really strong running game, but credit to the guys for bouncing back last week against Ball State to get to 3-1. and one. Yeah, I, I think that was a tough spot for Georgia Southern. Other teams did not uh, bounce back well uh, after their big wins the week before because uh, that was going to be a tough game whether Georgia Southern beat Nebraska or not. On the road against UAB, they're a good football team, and I don't think there's any shame in losing – uh, to them in Birmingham. Now, in the heart of hearts, Eagle fans were probably thinking, if we're two and two coming out of the first four games, that's that's okay considering you were three and nine last year. But to know that you're three and one now, you've already matched last year's win total, regardless of how difficult the Sunbelt Conference is going to be. We all know it is because of, especially in the East, even though we're only going to see two teams out of the West. But to know that you've already got your three wins, you're halfway to bowl eligibility, and you've got a chance to knock off a coastal team that's had your number the last couple of years without grace in the call if he plays i don't know if he's going to play because he got banged up at the end of the georgia state game there's a lot of layers working in that one but definitely excited to get into league play and excited to get back on the road and see if this thing's for real all right let's wrap up the nebraska thing i did want to quote this was a quote that i heard uh so close so many times time to take a bigger bite out of this corn stalk 
Draw play, Van Treese at the five. Van Treese stretches out. Andy scores. Wake up, Eagles Nation. Touchdown, Georgia Southern. Kyle Van Treese. From eight yards out, the Eagles take the lead with 30 second, 36 seconds left. Did you think that anybody was sleeping in Georgia Southern Eagles Nation when you made that call? <laughs> anybody was asleep in Statesboro, in Lincoln, in Savannah. Right. Where there was an Eagle fan, we probably had a way of waking them up. And I got to give all the credit to one of our uh, crew members, Russ Brown, because he thought of the cornstalk line the night before. And I said, nice. that's really good. And if, if we get to a spot in the game where it's going to matter and it would have some punch, I think I might use that. And as soon as I said it, we, he went up to the line of scrimmage. I looked right at him and I winked at him. And he said, okay, something's happening here. And then Jalen White motions. We had no idea quarterback draw was coming, but they had set it up the entire game. And to know that that's how Georgia Southern not only took the lead, but won the game, just a thrilling, thrilling moment. Well, I just looked at the play again. One running back went in motion and two linebackers went with him. They totally screwed that up. They had on the play, they had three people covering one guy, leaving the middle of the field wide open. Yeah, that's what I mean by the entire game was setting that up because they had used that exit motion, I want to say four or five times. They went at the backfield a bunch, but it was always to set up a screen or to go unbalanced to say, I got single coverage here or a matchup there. But to run quarterback draw in that situation, that, that took some intestinal fortitude, and I'm just really glad it worked out. One way of putting it, he is Danny Reed. He's the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. All right, what's it been like with Clay Helton there? Obviously, he brings a different kind of offense. Georgia Southern's kind of built for one thing. He's transforming it into another. Kyle Van Treese almost set a couple of records uh, in pass attempts and completions. He may have set the record for pass attempts, but I think he won short in completions. You can tell me that uh, because I know – you know, back in the day, Georgia Southern would rather, you know, lose playing the triple option than win passing the football. I think Clay Helton is going to maybe switch those things up a little bit. The word we kept hearing throughout the entire offseason was the modernization of Georgia Southern football. And a big part of that was the ticketing plan because ticket prices had not been raised since the move to the FBS in 2014. But that was to help finance the expansion of the stadium and the Ted Smith Center. But then now you've got the indoor practice facility that's being constructed right behind the Bishop Fieldhouse. And it was time to modernize the ticket plan just make people realize what they were spending money for, who it was benefiting and why it was necessary to take Georgia something to the place that those people believed it would. And really on the field, it's, it's much of the same while Georgia Southern was running an offense that gave them so much success for the first four decades of the program. It just got to a point where the schedule had to match up a certain way. If you were going to sustain that and be a team that could compete for a conference championship every year, instead of just catching lightning in a bottle every now and then with the way that they've gone about it, you can see how the transfer portal and the right coaches can benefit the right situation. They put out a plan. They said what they wanted to do. They went out, they got the coaches they needed with Brian Ellis to run the thing, Ryan Applin. You got also Richard Owens, who was in Mobile for a while at South Alabama also at UAB, so he had a chance to catch up with a lot of guys that he coached just last year in that game a few weeks ago. But he has worked wonders with that offensive line, having a quarterback like Kyle Van Treese in his sixth season, even though he's running a system that Eagle Nation doesn't see very much of. The early returns have been really good. He's leading the league in passing. In fact, he's probably a couple of games away from setting Georgia Southern's single-season passing record, which is just under 1,900 yards, to give you an idea of just how much this team has run the football over the course of its history, but they're proving that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And as long as it ends up with Georgia Southern having more points than the other side at the end of the game, doesn't really matter what it looks like. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so incredibly easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, let's talk a little bit about Clay Helton because a very odd situation. He gets let go from USC and gets hired with a few weeks left to go. He can actually see what the team needs and to address those needs uh, compared to, well, what, you know, do we fire Brian Harson now or what's the point of that? Or do we wait for Scott Frost? Although Georgia Southern kind of took care of that. And Jeff Collins has been let go. And these guys may not get new hires until, you know, the first weekend of December. And Clay Helton was already in place for a while. How much of an advantage was that, do you think? And how was Clay Helton take, taken to Statesboro? Because, you know, I hear rumors, but there may be a little bit difference between Los Angeles, California, and Statesboro, Georgia. Just rumors. You know, for Coach Helton, he's actually a Southeastern guy at his heart because he was born in Gainesville, Florida, when his dad was an assistant coach at the University of Florida. And Kim Helton's been just about everywhere over about five decades. He's been in the NFL. He was head coach at Houston for a while with the Cougars. Also spent time up in Canada. But for somebody that spent the last 12 years in Los Angeles, I think he's much more comfortable and much more at ease being back here. It just it feels like it's such a good fit with the university, with the culture and just with his general demeanor. It feels like it is a really good marriage between the two. His wife loves Statesboro, Miss Angela. He's got a son that's actually the backup quarterback at Western Kentucky playing for his brother, Tyson. So maybe we can get the Hilltoppers on the schedule down the line. Knock, knock, Jared Benko. But to see how he can coach in a fresh environment, even though he was really successful at USC going 46-24, winning a Rose Bowl, winning a Pac-12. To do it here, though, with the same kind of principles and living up to what he calls the platinum standard, so far the results have been good, but it's just going to be a matter of how they can apply that to the start of Sunbelt Conference play, and Coastal's a really good way to kick that off because, well, they've won, what, they're 26-3 and in their last 29 games, so I think there's there's something to what Jamie Chadwell has been able to do. We're talking with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles on Lockdown Sunbelt. Certainly at the beginning of the year, it looked like all the power was in the East with App State, Coastal, and then you got the new team. JMU is off to a good start. Uh, Marshall with an upset over uh, Notre Dame uh, and just up and down the division. All of a sudden, the West is looking pretty good, or at least up for grabs as ULM beats the Cajun, South Alabama playing the Cajun this week. And if not for a Hail Mary, Troy uh, would be 3-1 and one with their only loss to Ole Miss, but they did lose uh, to App State. All right, so now a big ball game with Georgia Southern going to Coastal and they maybe you've seen a different uh, or the same kind of offense, but they actually play an RPO option offense. And Grayson McCall is really good at running that. I guess the big question is, will he be running it? And what are the challenges facing a Coastal Carolina? 
Well, it's very similar to the offense they ran at Porter Ridge High School, and they've been pretty adamant that they kind of crafted the offense for his capabilities. And it, it was amazing how he got started because his first year in 2020, he missed four weeks during the summer because of COVID protocol. And then he comes back against Kansas. He was the surprise starter on the road in Lawrence and goes for five touchdowns, conference player of the week. And he really hasn't slowed down. He's missed three games the last two plus years, and two of them have been against Georgia Southern. So the Eagles have never seen him on the field because of a number of issues. But in 2020, Fred Payton beat Georgia Southern. He transferred to Mercer. Bryce Carpenter has played against the Eagles twice in his career. He won that game in 2021 down at Paulson Stadium. So I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. If you're coastal, it probably doesn't matter because you've been able to handle your business. But I will say selfishly, I would enjoy getting the chance to watch Grayson McCall live and see what it's like to see him operate instead of it just being on highlights or an ESPN3 or plus feed, what have you, but to actually see him up close and personal and to get an idea of what really makes him tick but that, that's going to be up to them and whatever the gate whatever the day the game gets played because with the weather white right now we're kind of monitoring that as well all right well talk to us about your guy Kyle Vantries a lot of uh, experience what makes him tick a uh, really impressive guy maybe even more so off the field than on the field and the funny thing about him is, look, he has been such a great fit to this offense because it's a lot like what he ran in high school up at Stoneman Row in Ohio but they actually had to recruit his parents just as hard, if not harder, than they recruited Kyle. And when they all came down for the visit, he said once his parents realized that they felt the way that they did about Statesboro and Eagle Nation and the passion and the comfort that they felt in being in this part of Georgia, that's what sold it for him. And it just so happens that four games into the season, he's leading the league in passing. He's top five in the country in just about every conceivable passing category. I know there are six interceptions through the first four games, which is a bit high, but two of those have been on balls where he was hit. And another instance where they protected him really well. He's only been sacked one time in four games. And even that, he was trying to step out of the pocket and run. But Ball State got him about a yard behind the line of scrimmage. So, unfortunately, that was the first sack of the season. And we already talked about what he can do as a runner. He's not going to get a whole lot of respect for his feet. But he beat a Big Ten team because he was able to run a quarterback draw. So, he can do it just enough that you've got to respect it. Even though when he's throwing for 330 yards a game, that's what you got to be most mindful of. Uh, let's wrap it up here. A couple more questions for Danny Reed, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. All right, you've been in the Sun Belt a while now. What's it like for the Sun Belt to be getting all this national attention? It's something that's really been building, you could say, as soon as 2020, but I think it's been building since 2016. And look, it took almost two decades for the league to get its first ranked team, but now it seems that there's going to be somebody on the cusp of it every week, if not at least one ranked team each week going forward. And You've got a coastal team that's undefeated. James Madison has been an amazing story. They're one of two G5s that are undefeated. If they keep rolling by the time they come to Statesboro, they may be in the top 25 for a team that just made the transition this year. But to look all across the league, some of the results you're wondering, well, how did this happen there? How did this happen there? It's a shout to every program that, look, you might think you know who you are, but you don't have any idea how challenging this league is until you see it every single week. You better bring your A game, regardless of who you're playing, where you're playing, and when you're playing. That's how tough this league has gotten pretty much overnight, bringing up the four new squads as good as the others have been with the Coastal. With I know Louisiana is a little bit down right now, but they're still the defending league champion. App State has won nine straight or won nine games in seven straight years. They had the six-game bowl-winning streak that got snapped last year. There are no more gimmies in this league because anybody can beat anybody, and that's probably more true now in this league than it ever has been. 
All right, I want to thank Danny Reed, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. One more thing, and it's a request, and you probably knew it was coming, but your predecessor, two-time Louisiana Sportscaster of the Year, Chris Blair heading to uh, Alabama with his LSU Tigers. Can I get a Chris Blair impression? I will leave that to the real thing. Oh, I probably knew that was coming as well. I can't even get like a touchdown, Tigers. <laughs> you, you, I'm sure he'll be saying that plenty once that game starts. He very well might be. He is Danny Reed, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles uh, on Locked on Sunbelt. Thanks so much, Danny. You got it, man. Thanks very much for tuning in to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Sunbelt. We'll be back tomorrow with the Thursday edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. I've been your host, David Schultz. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.